Welcome to Heating Up. <laughs> Coming in hot. <laughs> a podcast about climate change. Our dangerous future. And what you can do about it. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm Derek. I'm Corinne. And yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah. Episode 22. Yeah. Good times. And if you liked episode 1 through 21, or didn't, and just feel like being charitable, why don't you like us, or subscribe, or follow us, or yeah. write a review... Yeah, review on iTunes, whatever. Whatever. Although you they're getting do. rid of iTunes or something, I don't what? know. There was a there was a thing like for podcasts or doing something different, but whatever. Don't worry about it. Doesn't matter to me. iPod, whatever. What? Is, oh, they can't call it iPod. It's too late. They already got iPod. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I'm right. sure they'll figure it out. They will. All right. How have you been, Karen? It's your birthday week. Woo! Another year older. Things are good. Yeah. Uh, no. Any big plans for your birthday? I plan. I. All I tried to think of everything I wanted to do, and everything I wanted to do involved eating. So basically, I just have a list of places I a wanted to A couple of eat. weeks ago, you had a big talk about brunch, but then never named a oh, place. Oh, I'm going to go to brunch. Okay. I just can't decide. I might go to multiple brunches if it comes right down I to it. I have a feeling, if I had to put a bet on you Let's going see. to multiple brunches or zero brunches, I, I would feel put my like money my multiple. money's on zero. Multiple. Mm. I'm going to go. I go to brunch every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to brunch before. I've got to brunch. It's happened. I go to brunch times. honestly like twice a month at least. <laughs> so there's that, and uh, I just finished watching Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah, really liked it. It's really po- it's more popular than I thought it would be. Like honestly, I didn't know if it was gonna have the kind of audience, but it's like the most popular television show ever. Like it was like it beat Breaking Bad or something. It was yeah one of the most popular shows in history and i was surprised it didn't seem like i guess i shouldn't be that surprised i mean we're trying to get in on that disaster cash so <laughs> i thought it was great and then i think maybe my favorite part of it was just being able to laugh at russia uh like repeatedly <laughs> yeah, like their stupidity over your, your like, hatred yeah anyway, your hatred of russia um you're laughing at human misery of well disaster. not really the disaster so much as like the complete uh disregard for reality <laughs> like no 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 there's no graphite on the anyway but uh uh, what I really liked is now there's like Russia's like, we're going to make our own movie and we're going to show you the truth using conspiracy theories that basically say like the Americans did it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm really excited. I mean, would that be too? I mean, it's not like America has not done any number of Do you think things. America was responsible for the Chernobyl disaster? No, maybe not that one. But it's not like America hasn't been responsible for any number of disasters around the world. Also, America's hidden their fair share of nuclear disasters around nah, the world. Nah, nah, nah. Like, you're like, oh, those stupid Russians pretending nothing happened. I don't know if you've they heard of Three Mile They didn't do as good of a job. I don't know if you've heard of Three Mile Island or some of these other places. Maybe you should look that Why don't up. you just let me laugh at Russia with the rest of the world? Okay. Okay? Let me have this. One thing. This is your one thing, laughing at Russia? Got it. You're, you're done. You can do it. <laughs> I'll let you do that. Whatever. You love Russia. I love Russia. <laughs> is that it? Uh... So that's what I've been up to. Good, good. How about you? Um, you know what I saw that was uh, prepper-related this uh, week? I watched a ton of Naked and Afraid. Oh, yeah. I have gotten, show, I've gone through phases of watching that show. Horrible. That show is, is like your worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. Not only naked, but Sunburn. also afraid. <laughs> I feel like the naked is worse for the you wor- than the afraid. I think like I'd rather die <laughs> than be naked. <laughs> How quickly can I die? That's one thing. None, not very many of them seem to get a lot of sunburn. Like, I've seen some with some sunburn, and I truly. But I think I've I would seen be in, one with a crippling sunburn, which is what would happen to me, right. like 
instantaneously. It would be like, well, she died of exposure within the first three hours. Yeah. <laughs> I would go out there on Naked and Afraid, and yeah, within They'd the first few hours, desert. I would be immobilized due to sunburn. Third degree burns across their body. Exactly. It would yeah. be not great. Yeah. Uh, but no, that show was interesting. Um, it's cool to see the kind of dynamics between people and how they handle disasters or whatever. That's about it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people having diarrhea on that show. Yeah, a lot of people. I had terrible diarrhea. That's like like I should just call it that. If I only they had a water diarrhea. filter. Yeah. If only they had a life straw or a whatever. Um. Let's see. Anything What's else? On, no, no. What's on the docket? Let's get on right into it. On the docket for today, we got news and nonsense. So oh, we got some news first, and then we'll talk about some other nonsense. It's all good news, right? Uh, no. It is no good news. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should call this no good news good news we're gonna start out i don't know this one's well we haven't done the news in a little while corinne so i kind of have to give a more broad survey of the last like month so a lot of this is like may stuff so this happened actually a week or two ago so you might have seen this story but lawmakers in texas approved a bill that would allow licensed gun owners to carry handguns in public for up to a week following natural disasters <laughs> course did you see this i no i did not no okay so the bill uh was one week after a natural disaster. for up what to is, a that week is after. so arbitrary okay i guess a lot of people well, i mean natural disasters have been hitting everywhere obviously the, we've still got all the floods and you know heavy storms and stuff that have been crippling the midwest over the last like two months and in the wake of some of these disasters in texas one of the big problems is how do you they don't people don't want to abandon their guns um, and they forbid. can't take it with them into a public spaces or whatever. So this law allows like leaving them... a child behind. Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah, forget about the kids. Forget about the pets. We got to load the truck full of our guns. Looters. Yeah. <laughs> the bill uh, support largely fell along party lines, but Republican Senator Joan Huffman joined two other GOP Senate members opposing it. Huffman said the bill amounted to quote permitless carry, open and concealed, and cited strong law enforcement objection to the bill from, quote, individuals who didn't have an opportunity, end quote, to voice their objections. And noted that she was as pro-Second Amendment as anyone, but that the bill was not solving a problem, but creating a new one. Yeah, so that's not great. Uh, the bill doesn't require, however, relief shelters to allow you to carry handguns in them. So okay. you can so if still... you want to join a relief shelter, you've got to hand that over. That's up to each individual shelter, their policies or whatever. The law will take effect in September. Another reason not to go to Texas. All right. Next news story. Coming back home with this one. I don't know. This one I think you did hear about. This is uh, a plan by California's biggest utility to cut power on high wind days during the onrushing wildfire season could plunge millions of residents into darkness. Yes, I did hear about this. So one. here in California, PG&E, which is the bankrupt utility that started the campfire, Along and, with, uh, yeah. Uh, who you might remember from such films as Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> yeah. You might remember from all the terrible things that they've done when they blew up uh, the Bay Area town, when they yeah, started the campfire from poisoning Aaron Brockovich's water, all the wonderful things people They started the campfire from poisoning Aaron Brockovich's water. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm saying all these different things yes, they did. Yes, no, I know. The way you said it was great, though. Okay. Uh, either way, they blame a transmission line that snapped to due to windy weather it's as the wind's what, yeah, fault as what started the campfire last year and so their plan is going to be to just turn off power when there's wind to various how neighbor- much wind 
Are well, we talking any wind? I don't know exactly. High winds is what they say during fire season and in high fire areas. Is this legal? This is apparently legal. Gavin Newsom is worried about it. He said, quote, I'm worried. We're all worried about it for the elderly. We're worried about it because we could see people's power shut off not a day or two days, but potentially a week. PG&E warned the city of Calistoga that it could cut service as many as 15 times this fire season. So that's two weeks worth of power outages. If Took only two times, but for how long, they didn't say. Sure, but, you know, if it's a day each time. It could be more than one day. Could be more. Who knows? Uh, Chris Canning, the mayor of the Napa Valley town, uh, which was scarred by wildfires two years ago, said that the power could be cut, or, or the power was cut for two days last fall. The outage meant assisting living facilities were crippled, streetlights were dark, and gas pumps wouldn't work. At the time, hardly anyone in the town had a backup generator. If this is the new normal, we have to accommodate for it, he said. At the same time, the prospect of power outages is driving up interest in solar, ba- in solar battery combinations. In Sonoma, a town likely to be impacted heavily by the policy, less than 400 homeowners had a home battery system in 2016, but almost 10,000 units were in place by last year. The average cost, about $16,000 with incentives. So that means the poor people are the ones who are going to not yeah. suffer. So yet another <laughs> example of disaster preparedness where the rich are escaping the, the punishment of having their power shut off, where the rest of us are just going to have to live without power because there's wind. You don't have an extra $16,000 for a backup generator? Yeah, surprisingly, I didn't budget for that, no. Hmm, interesting. Maybe I should. Or we could just learn to live without the power. Okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be able to just watch so your real you know your ac is on so high i had to put a blanket <laughs> on <laughs> just so everybody is clear all right let's see also last month the u.s had over 500 tornadoes in 30 days i don't know if you saw any of this news but it was just seemed like every single well literally every single day multiple tornadoes rampaging across the midwest as if they didn't have enough problems in the past seven decades, only 2003, 2004, 2008, and 2011 faced uh, that many tornadoes. The tornadoes have been driven by larger weather patterns that have also led to widespread rains and flooding across the Great Plains and Midwest. A low-pressure area is stuck over the Pacific Northwest, while high pressure sits on top of the southern states, allowing a stream of powerful winds to slice through the center, drawing energy from the Gulf of Mexico. So that's why the weather has been so disastrous in the Midwest. That's why Donald Trump hates Mexico. It's the wind. It's the gulf that's causing these problems for the Midwest. He just cares. Speaking of Donald Trump, he leads our next topic here, Corinne. Great. We're going back to California, back to the wildfires. Okay. So it's June now. It's the beginning of wildfire season. When is it the end of it? It never never ends. But uh, the Trump administration is holding back millions of dollars in requested reimbursement to local fire agencies for battling wildfires last year. Classy. Yeah, so after the most destructive and expensive season on record, California issued a $72 million reimbursement request for local firefighting efforts on federal lands. Rather than reimburse the local agencies in full, the U.S. Forest Service holding $9 million. Around 60% of forested land in California is owned by the federal government. So the way it works is the federal government doesn't keep firefighters, so the local firefighters go out and fight the fires on the federal land, and then they request money for the you know, expenses from the federal government, right? Donald Trump, who has blamed California's forest management on the fi- you know as the cause right, of the fires, right. said that he that they need to remedy now or no more Fed payments. So it seems politically motivated that they're not paying us back all the money that they owe us for fighting federal fires. 
just in time for next year. Lots of fire crews are upset because they need this money to prepare for the next fire season, so we'll be less likely and less ready to prepare for fires next year. Great. Great human being. Everyone who voted for him, wonderful job. Yep. Using your brains. Love it. Good times. Also, keeping with the federal government, did you, this one you might have seen probably on The Daily Show. It's one of these, like, not the onion stories. When I first saw it, I thought for sure this was like the onion. <laughs> but according to the Department of Energy, the next critical export from the United States is made from, quote, molecules of U.S. freedom. Okay. You may wonder, what are those molecules? You may Brad? wonder. The technical answer is liquefied natural gas. Or if you were in charge of energy policy for the Trump administration, freedom gas. Like freedom fries? Now we have freedom gas? Freedom gas, yes. On Tuesday, the department announced plans to increase exports of the fuel source from a new liquefaction plant that will be built off the coast of Texas uh, by Freeport LNG of Houston. Now, remember, this is a time when we need to be drastically reducing carbon emissions and reducing our dependence on fossil fuels. So just the very fact that they're going to build a new liquid natural gas plant is a big problem. Secondly, the uh, announcement of this new plant was overshadowed by the language in the release. The release said, quote, increasing export capacity from the Freeport LNG project is critical to spreading freedom gas throughout the world by giving America's allies a diverse and affordable source of clean energy. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Weinberg, who is Stephen Weinberg, the Assistant Secretary for Fossil Energy, uh, said, I am pleased that the Department of Energy is doing what it can to promote an efficient regulatory system that allows for molecules of U.S. freedom to be exported to the world. What the hell? <laughs> it feels great, like I'm taking crazy pills, Corinne. It really does. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> Meanwhile, in completely related news in India... The heat wave has reached over 120 degrees. Oh, my God. Like, there was a picture of this, like, the heat, you know how they do those heat maps? Remember we talked about the one that had, like, the dark purple, purple. bruise over, it's yeah. just like the one that was over Australia, only They're it's like, over it's India. It's all red. There was, like, orange, red, deeper red. Oh, it's so purple. hot. And it's what so are they going to do, black everywhere. now? It's, it's amazingly big how big this heat wave, I mean, India is a giant country. Right. And, like, the entire country is covered in this major heat wave. The thermometer reached 50.6 degrees Celsius, which is 123 degrees Fahrenheit, in the Rajasthan Desert city of Churu on Saturday. Temperatures passed 50 degrees Celsius, which is 122, in the northern India in an unrelenting heat wave triggered warnings of water shortages and heat strokes. At least 17 people have been confirmed dead because of the heat. There's probably, probably many, higher. many more, yeah. Uh do, 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 do. Even in the hill states where a lot of people go to escape the summer heat, temperatures reached over 44.9 degrees Celsius, which is, I think, 100 degrees or more. It's crazy hot over there. Um, relief is nowhere in sight as well, as the monsoon rains, which normally begin early June, have been delayed, and they may start feeling some of those winds on the southern tip of the subcontinent by the end of next week. Maybe not. Who knows? Monsoons are nowhere to become, so this heat wave is just sitting there baking India. Yikes. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're building freedom gas plants. Freedom gas. Yep. These people are free to die of heat stroke, I guess. Yes. <laughs> also, we're going to bring it back home now. Whiplash back to the Northwest. I don't know if you were aware that there's already a wildfire this season. Big one in uh, Washington State. A raging wildfire in central Washington triggered local evacuations and air quality concerns across the state. The fast-moving fire spread rapidly Tuesday night. Growing from five hundred or sorry, bleh, growing from five thousand acres to more than fifteen thousand acres in Grant County, 
The Highway 243 fire began near Wanapum Dam in Grant County on Monday, June 3rd. As the fire continues to grow and spread, it has prompted level 1, 2, and 3 evacuations in the surrounding area. Uh, there was, I love this announcement from the Grant County Sheriff's Office. Level 3 evacuation for Smyrna. Leave now! Leave now! Police en route to notify residents. That's their emphasis added. Level 3 means you are in immediate danger. Load your family and pets into your vehicle and go now. So, hopefully those people had their bug out bags ready. <sighs> I'm sure they did. Yeah. All of them. Smyrna is about 160 miles east of Seattle. Interesting. And that is the news that I had for you, Karen. Oh, thank God. No good news. <laughs> no good news. But I didn't do a ton of... Yes, smaller amount. That is less... Yes. <laughs> yeah. The more it's just like bam, 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 bam. That's too, and it becomes painful. So that was the news for this week. Okay. Not a ton, and now it's time for the nonsense. Nonsense. Although this is not really even nonsense. I guess it's one of these things that a lot of people thinks might be nonsense, but I really encourage people to do this. So I got addicted to a new podcast, or I guess it's not new, but new to me. I found out about it. Through an uh, online liberal prepper group on Facebook. What liberal prepper? I think it's called group? the liberal preppers or something. Okay. <laughs> but it's a Facebook group on... Uh, you think it's called that. I, I, I can look it up exactly. Hold on. It's something like that. There you go. How many people in it? I don't know. Thousands. It's Facebook, man. I'm just wondering. Okay, great. So, anyways, found out about this podcast on the liberal prepper, fa- liberal prepper Facebook group. And been addicted to it ever since i even told you to listen to it yeah you strongly told me if i didn't you would disown me so i don't think that's what i said you were furious so i was I did. furious that you hadn't listened to it yet because i had given it to you like a week in advance like, and then i was like mentioned it <laughs> i said specifically we're gonna talk about this podcast so you should listen to it and you're like you Great. said you were gonna send it to me i gave you the name like honestly unless i like got onto your phone and started pressing buttons you for you you should have just sent me the link eventually you did and I listened to it. Anyways, so the podcast is called It Could Happen Here. And it was put together by a journalist named Robert Evans. And he is much smarter and better at this than we are. So if you have not listened to it yet, I highly Abandon recommend this piece of yeah. shit podcast. Stop listening to us right now. Go listen to Robert Evans' podcast. Come back for the to greater us after good. That. But yeah, it's amazing. So the kind of conceit behind this podcast is. The idea that we are heading towards a potential second civil war in this country. And for a lot of people, I think that that sounds a little crazy. For me, when I first saw that, I was like, yes, that is exactly true. And so hearing him mouth back to me some of the things that I've been thinking, and even more, like he's such a good investigative reporter. He's got all sorts of interesting facts and stories and, you know, evidence to back up his claims. And it's just a really interesting podcast about kind of very feasible, realistic ways in which kind of just the civil society that we live in could break down and is a lot thinner ice than I think people think it is. And I feel like that's a big myth that a lot of people in America have is that this is so robust that it'll never break down like other countries do. But he points out a lot of like chain of events that could happen that just this leads to this leads to this and then all of a sudden it just snowballs out of control and it very much seems plausible. Right, plausible, not definite, but... I think what was interesting about it is uh, one of the things he brought up was how much the two opposing sides, liberals and conservatives, are really polarized and hate each other and and believe the other one hates them. 
Yeah. And but you guys think I believe they hate me and I hate them. <laughs> like You are the person he's warning I, you about. Yeah, I'm the person he's warning me about, but I don't I don't think I'm wrong. No. I truly do feel hatred <laughs> towards these people who hate me. And you can tell me they don't hate me, but I know they do. Yeah, I mean, I think he does a really good job of trying to just kind of give the facts. I mean, obviously, he's got his opinion, and he's... He admits that he's liberal, but he's... Leftist bias. No, he didn't say that. He said he was sympathetic to the left. Yeah, but I think he does a good job of laying out just kind of real plausible scenarios, both for the left and the right, and then just focusing on the consequences and what it might mean for everyday people. One thing that I haven't gotten to yet is that he barely touches on climate change. Like, he mentions it a little bit throughout the he podcast. He does, he does. But in the whole time I'm listening to it, I'm thinking to myself, like, every single one of these factors that he's citing as something that could be causing more tension or, cre- you know, creating conflict leading to a second sort of civil war situation are being exaggerated by climate chaos. Right. Like, every single thing that he's talking about, you could just add in, is only getting worse due to climate change or will only be exaggerated due to climate change. And so it's like, oh, man, like, you know, in my own mind, it was like, it's bad and it's going to get worse and all these things. Oh, so, yeah, it made me start looking at guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the first time ever. Uh, no, yeah, he talks about a little bit like the land, like the water, uh, you know, how the water from Northern California gets sent down to Southern California and how that could, you know, Northern California tends to be more rural and compared to the urbans, you know. And then he talks a little bit about uh, how California grows so much of the whole country's food as well. So I think California is actually a really big, like... He talks about the state of Jefferson. He talks about the state of Jefferson. I was like, woo-woo. Oh. Um, yeah, we, woo. oh <laughs> I no, know what exactly. the state of Jefferson is. Oh. You see the sign. Like, you see we're him. right at the edge of where you start seeing. Like, you start seeing them now in, like, Roseville. Like, it oh. used to be you had to go up to Reading and places like that to see it. Now, yeah. it, Placer County is covered in Jefferson. I've told you that I've spoken with people. At, like, when I used to go table at Earth Day at, like, Sierra College. Yeah. Uh state of jefferson would be there having a table yikes well so was the 9-11 truthers but well, yeah but <laughs> still like they're still around yeah yeah um, and, and california has mentioned a bunch in it and i think it probably is a good point to explain like we have this crazy amount of rural conservative area and then we have all of this you know communities that are living in cities and they're so very vastly different in one state yeah and i think california does highlight exactly how those there's this the two americas sort of idea right right? because you've got like the bay area tech hub which is the you know complete you know far left end and then you've got yeah redding and you know red bluff and the places in the north state that are just so deeply deeply red you would I don't think that two. I think there are mo- many people who live in both of those places who have never really experienced the other. Yeah. Um, here in Sacramento, it's kind of odd. You do sort of experience both. I yeah. think there's an interesting line too within like that Auburn Grass Valley area where you're like some of those people are like hippies who now live in like kind of a rural area, and some of them are like gun nut conservatives who live in. And that spot really seems to like harbor two of those and so that's how i kind of know at least a little bit okay northern california runs real red and the rest of it really runs pretty blue yeah here in sacramento proper it's still very blue right but you don't have to go far once you're out to the pla- roseville you're, roseville <laughs> you're already in deep red like wasn't granite bay which is you know oh, 20 boy. minutes from sacramento it was like the reddest county in all of california i don't or something. know it well, was reddest county in all of California, and then Sacramento is the most integrated city in the United States. Yeah. Like, 
it's very weird how close together these sort of different communities are. So, it was, yeah, it was very interesting hearing him talk about the two different kind of worldviews because you do get to experience a lot of it, especially if you ever, and, and I I go to Chico on a fairly regular basis, and I've been up to, you know, I lived in, Ta- in Truckee for a bit, which is definitely deep red, California. Um, yeah, it's just really weird because in California, you can definitely see those two different so goes California, so goes... Well, and California is 35 million people. I mean, right. it's bigger than most Huge. countries. So people forget just how diverse and big it can be. So a lot of the problems we see on the global scale or on the national scale are also writ just in the California scale. Yeah. Problems of, yeah. So. It's like a little micro version of the rest of the, Cal- you know, very rest much of the so. state. So. Yeah, anyways, I thought that was very interesting as well. There was just little bits on that. I bet you he gets further into it as it goes. Does he have an end date for it? I think it's done is for it? this season. Okay. And then, yeah, I think he'll do another season on something different. Okay. But, yeah, looking forward to that. I only have, like, two or three more episodes left. So. Yeah. It's just a really fascinating podcast. So if you haven't listened to it yet, highly recommend It Could Happen Here. Yes. So, great podcast. I also really liked, he had an episode where he talked about, like, okay, we're going to be get positive here just for a minute. Cheer everybody up. What are the benefits of the Civil War? And I was like, okay, so, like... Yeah, like middle America dying out. Like, that could be a good benefit. Oh my no, gosh, his, his benefit was not that. His benefit. Uh, yeah, nobody's benefit is that, except for maybe you're a cra- I, I didn't realize- say physically death. I you meant said dying out. Dying out. Like, yeah, okay, they're the less than the norm. They're a smaller group of people. They're just going to go away. But. What? Whatever. Just stop, stop shooting me down. Let me get to my point. He said that. It sounds like. Go ahead, Derek. What were you going to say? No. I'm you don't. Saying, it sounds like you're calling for a like genocide of middle America. Who isn't? <laughs> Most people. Okay. It's only you. No. Me and a lot of other people. No. 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 But, God, you made me lose my... Cut this all out. I can't even <laughs> concentrate. All right. Anyways. No. The point that I li- that was funny to me was that his uh, positive... His positive out of the Civil War would have been that... Uh, people's mental health increases when they're suddenly part of a disaster and they have to help be part of a community and they feel more like their life has meaning and that they're helping people and they're around other people more often instead of being stuck in their, you know, this tiny apartment not talking to anyone. And I was like, that's the positive? Yeah, no, it was interesting that he, like, dispelled the myth of, like, just crazy rampant looters and people taking advantage of disaster situations but he talked about exactly what you said that in a disaster in a crisis most people find them find a sense of purpose or find a way to help and you know want to exist as a community and that that sort of like you know ground level you know connectivity amongst people is a way to kind of bridge the gaps and it's just yeah like you said there's been a lot of documentations about people with mental illnesses or depression or things like this find more purpose in these exaggerated moments of crisis so it was pretty interesting and then yeah i'm not quite all the way through it i think i've got like another episode but yeah it is amazing so great podcast to listen to get into it maybe not nonsense so much but a lot of people might think the premise is nonsense to start non-nonsense yeah but hopefully after you watch it or listen to it, you might think it's a little less nonsense. Maybe we could try and see if this guy will slum it and talk to us. <laughs> we could try. <laughs> and I feel like in the amazing days of Twitter, we could just reach out to somebody and they'll at least tweet us something. Oh, Jesus. Thus ends nonsense, Corinne. All right, Corinne, I got some stuff we can talk about. All right, let's hear it. As we've mentioned, it is summertime. Summertime, summertime. fun time. Summertime, fun time. And you know what that means, don't you? Hot. It does mean that it is very hot, but it also means that it's time to get a lot of prepping stuff done that you can do in the summer better than you can do other times. 
summertime is a good time to practice a lot of your prepping skills and get some specific summer specific prepping done. So we're going to talk about some of the things you can you do this summer while you're doing your normal summer things that are prepping related. Okay. So first on my list, Corinne, is get outside. There's so many activities that you can do outside in the summer that will help you be more prepared for disasters than you can do in the winter. One of the big ones is gardening. So this is one of the things that we should really all be doing more of. So if you already have a garden, that's great. Maybe think about expanding it. Maybe think about doing some gardening with the idea of storing food or preparing food or canning food. I personally am a pathetic and multi-time failed gardener. (laughs) So I feel like we've got to do a better job of gardening in this house, which right now my garden beds. Oh, I have three garden beds that are completely (laughs) feral. Covered in whatever weeds have grown in there. I've I've started and restarted that garden multiple times, and I get like one crop out of it and then never keep it up. So I've got to do much better at gardening. But uh, yeah. you got to watch your episode of Bob's Burgers and get into yeah. the gardening. Got to get back into gardening. we got to get like a gardening expert to come talk about it because I feel like this is one where I have lost any credibility. Your yard is completely feral. My yard you is feral. You have two yeah. broken chicken coops back We're there. We're about to have... Four. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting a new chicken coop and getting rid of the other two. Well, anywho, I believe it when I see it. If you are already gardening, think about expanding your garden. Think about doing something like uh, building a new robust compost pile or getting some water storage so that you can use really recollected water in your garden or things like that. Yeah, if you don't already garden, now is the perfect time to get started. If you live in a small space or an apartment, think about getting some container gardens or things like that for your patio or indoors garden. Setting up one of those hydroponic systems. There's no room. No. I have no, there's no. I noticed you have some plants. Looks like yeah, you, you set surely, yours up. Surely bought some herbs. Herbs. Yeah. So that's about the only them. thing I could probably manage. Yeah. Start small. I mean, don't let uh, the good get it, or the great be the uh, enemy of the good. Something like that. Yeah. Something. Don't let my inability to speak get in the way of doing something. <laughs> something. All podcast. Right. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Just because I can't speak English doesn't mean I shouldn't do my podcast. Besides gardening, another fun thing about the summer is going camping. We're going camping. Yeah, I love camping. Camping's great because it's kind of like a controlled emergency situation. It's like you're choosing to have to uh, live, live in an emergency, yeah. right? Well, okay, I, that's maybe that's something to that mental health uh, improvement in the falling apart of the earth. Sure. I mean, but like camping, you know, you tend to be in a situation where you don't have you know, electrical power, unless you're glamping, but, you know, you, you get outside, you don't have electrical power, you've got to filter water, you've got to, you know, find food to eat or start fire in ways that are non-traditional or not like what you could do at your home, depending on the extremity of your camping. So, like, if you're going back backcountry camping, you know. That's as real as it gets. That's basically bugging out, yeah. right? So, yep. bring your bug out bag and just see how long you can live out there. <laughs> we tend <laughs> no, to do Probably more. not a great plan. No. We tend to do more of a, you know, national parks camping. It's very dip your With toes. With a trailer. Yeah. But even if you want to keep some of those amenities, it's kind of fun at that point to, like, do some of your prepping skills or practice it. So, like, if you go camping near a lake or a river, you can practice getting water and filtering it through a filter. You can practice cooking outside. You can practice starting a fire without matches. You can practice orienteering right learning how to read a map so there's a ton of skills that go right hand in hand with camping and being outside and doing those fun things and it's like a gateway prep you know it's like, 
<laughs> leads to other preps. Well, if you start doing some of this cool stuff, people are going to ask you what you're doing or want to get involved, and you can get friends and family involved. And that's always best. It's always good to build a community around what you're doing as far as getting prepared for emergencies. Yeah, you get to do things like cook without a stove or oven using emergency foods, like those freeze-dried foods we've talked about or canned goods. Make sure you know how to use a can opener in this situation. Yeah, lots of people use solar ovens and include solar ovens in their prepping. So, like, as for their emergency, like, way to cook food. So, if you that's something that interests you, the summer is a great time to practice with a solar oven. Solar ovens, is that like a purchase solar oven or do you think people There's build both. them? You can build your own. Some people, some people, if you're really crafty can build a super good super effective solar oven i feel like mine would not be so effective i've seen i just it all it reminds me of is like an elementary school someone built a solar oven they brought it in and they like tried to cook an egg and it's like it didn't happen i was like huh but you can buy like really effective really well engineered solar ovens um or you can buy like the plans to make them or whatever depending on your level of skill other things that you have to do during camping is like entertain kids without electronics. Yeah. So if you're going to be in an emergency situation where there's likely to be kids around, this is a big one. So this parents, is a biggie. You can have them help you with a lot of this stuff. So camping is a good time to have kids learn how to start a fire without matches. And they want to do some of this stuff. Local plant IDs when you go on a hike, find edible plants and things like this. Um, it makes it more fun. Yeah. Rather than like, all right, kids, we're going to build a fire. We're like, I just want my macaroni and cheese. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little bit more fun when you're out camping. Plus, you have to, you're contending with a lot less, uh, more exciting things around them. Exactly. They don't have to, you don't have to compete with SpongeBob or I'm the YouTube. I'm not competing with Minecraft. Yeah. Um, another great idea or another great thing about camping is you get to go on hikes and walks and stuff like that, which are great for both getting yourself in shape and a way to practice carrying a loaded pack. So, That's true. Um, one Carry of the your things, bug out bag. Yeah, one of the things about bug out bags is that it's a lot heavier than most people realize. And if you're not used to wearing a backpack that's heavy for some distance, it can be real uncomfortable. So kids are probably better that, at that than us. Yeah, they wear backpacks every day. Yeah, but you know, throwing a little bag on and going for a hike, even just walking around your neighborhood with a little backpack, is not a bad plan. Which leads us right into exercising. Summer is a great time to recommit to getting that beach body for next year. Oh God! You know, exercise. Have we all been important. working on our summer bodies? Yeah. Yeah, you got to put down the peanut butter, pick up the garden rake, get outside, do some exercise. How come peanut butter is your go-to as the bad food? That's like a medium food. Peanut butter is not bad if you get like, if you grind your own peanut butter. Right. And you just eat like actual unpadded peanut butter. Ground peanuts. But just spoonfuls of Jiffy is more my speed and that's not great. But at least it's got protein in it. You know, If if I'm thinking it's like put down the Doritos. (laughs) Yeah, put down the Doritos, put down the peanut butter M&Ms, which is really more my speed. Also, there's literally, I have a direct quote. Reese's peanut butter cups. I'm not playing around. Give me the peanut butter M&Ms. Love peanut butter Direct quote. Um, but no, yeah, getting out there in the summer and doing some exercise is good, uh, not only for your health, but also with an eye towards, you know, you're going to probably need to be in a good shape during an emergency. It'll help out. Cleaning. Oh, no. Let's say the spring cleaning fever just passed you passed right by. You by. Summer is a great time to recommit to, like, organizing your garage. When it's 100 degrees, that's where you want to be. Well, that's where, it's the season of garage sales. Everybody's out there yeah, sh- selling true. stuff. So it's a good time to get out there and do some cleaning, to get to work, declutterizing, downsizing your stuff, selling stuff, making you reinvesting that money in your, you know, increasingly, you know, emergency prepared home. Yeah, it's also a good time to learn something new. There's also tons of skills and camps that go on in the summer. So wilderness classes, first aid classes, cert training, apple seed shooting courses, canning. Apple se- hold on. Apple seed shooting? So apple seed is a organization that does like basic rifleman training. Okay, so, so we're not shooting apple seeds. 
I mean, I don't know what they do. I'm not actually <laughs> taking the course. I really doubt it. But it like teaches you the basics of how to shoot a long rifle. Oh, okay. So, and they're fairly cheap. They do them all over the country. They're designed for like beginners. So you don't have to feel like intimidated. You're not going to be going in there. With, and then they give you really good instruction for shooting. So they offer courses all around the country. And I'm not going to lie. I'm disappointed. It wasn't like you fill up a gun full of apple seeds and you shoot them. Because that sounds better. What? <laughs> I what? don't know. It just does. Okay. Apple seed shooting. All right. You're shooting apple seeds. Uh, apple seed su- shooting courses is what I said. Right. Anyways, canning, gardening, home repair, whatever you want to learn, summer is a good time to sign up for those classes. So they have classes on that stuff everywhere. I'm signed up for a cert class this August. That's going to be hot. I already told you. I was like, that's too hot that's for hot. this. I mean, any time in the summer is so hot around here. It's, it's already hot. 100 degrees. I do want to do the cert class, but I would really... Do they have something available in November? <laughs> I think there's one in like February or something. Yeah. But anywho, sign up for classes. Yeah. Um, but many other different options exist out there. Go take a local CPR class. Go take a lifeguard class. Anything like that. Just get yourself some skills in the summer. And getting to know your neighbors is the next one on my list. So this is an important skill. So like... Fourth some- of July block party. Exactly. Summer barbecues, mandated Fourth of July patriotism displays, <laughs> uh, you know, fairs, festivals. We live... In- one of the nice things about Sacramento is it seems every weekend in the summer there are 15 different food festivals around That's here. That's true. Does not help with the earlier exercising and dieting one, getting mm, in shape. No. But Deep like, fried Twinkies It was like delicious. Greek week festival last oh, yeah. week. It's a you know, barbecue week this week or the beer week or something. Garlic a lot. Garlic Gilroy's. festival in Gilroy. There's a tomato festival. There's an eggplant festival. We also have the Sacramento, uh, the Sacramento, Sacramento, the California State Fair here, State Fair, which has a lot of cool exhibits. Deep fried Twinkies. Deep fried Twinkies. They do have a lot of activities. Although I always found that the State Fair was too hot. Again, yeah. I said too hot. Too hot. So there are tons of interesting events in the summer where you can, especially like community events. So like a community barbecue or a block party or yeah, 4th of July fireworks or displays. These are great times to get to know your neighbors and build that sense of community. And it's really important to have a sense of community in a place before you experience the disaster. And so there's a more cynical way to do this where you could say like, learn who your neighbors really are. But that's not what I mean. What I mean by this is, If the guy two houses down from you is an auto mechanic and knows how to fix cars or is really good with that sort of stuff, like that's a useful kind of, you know, resource to have in the event of emergency. Or if somebody a couple of blocks away is a nurse or if there's, you know, other experienced people with skills in your neighborhood, those are good people to know to have, you know, in your community organization group or people that are getting your community ready for disasters. So summer is a great time to kind of reach out and make friends and meet people, Corinne, get out of your little hovel. What? Who are we talking about here? I'm talking about you specifically. Oh, me specifically. Sitting in your home watching Real Housewives of Orange County. Well, False New York. New York, sorry. Far more interesting. So it's best to do this stuff before a disaster happens, and it helps make everyone safer. How many of your neighbors, you know the people across the street, you know them pretty good. Well, and they, they've helped you out. You've helped <clears throat> them out. I know a decent number of people in the community because I volunteer with the local soccer club. Oh, that's true. I do stuff. I help. No, them I was out. just saying. I, I know that you know them pretty well. I you wasn't. Know them I don't well. know. I know the neighbors that side. When the fence fell down, I got to know them pretty good. <laughs> right. I know some of our neighbors. The old lady behind you learn. has an equally feral yard. An old lady behind me has an equally feral yard, but I've never had a wild possum in my yard, and she has, so... That's next step. <laughs> next step, get the possum. So yeah, those are just some ideas of some prepping stuff you can do in the summer. Some light prepping, I like it. Yeah. 
more fun summertime fun time summertime fun time prepping i think what we're going to do here in the next couple weeks i'm springing this on you now corinne but i think we're going to have to do another summertime outing we're going to have to get out there and talk to the people in the morning because it's too hot yeah maybe go to like Folsom lake or something and like I don't know. We'll, we'll have, have to look up like some a local thing. A festival or something. Yeah, we'll have to look up yeah. something. Something Maybe. tangently related. Yeah. Well, we're going to be going... We we made plans. I don't know if you remember to go to the Emergency Preparedness Festival down in San Diego. In, in San Diego? When? It's like in a couple months. It's like in October. Man, I just thought like that's a million years from now. You were like, uh, he's going to forget all about <laughs> that. I'll, that's future Corinne's problem. Future Corinne's problem. <laughs> Maybe she'll be dead by then. Uh, October? I think so. San Diego? September, maybe. All right. Something. Okay. It'll be rainy, because I've never been to San Diego, and I did not be rainy. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Okay. I feel like San Diego is a goddamn lie, because every, lie. everyone tells me, oh, San Diego, it's so nice, the weather's always 75 and sunny. I've never, never been to San Diego and had it not rain. You've been there twice. I've I been think there both... five times. And every time it's every been Every time it has been raining. Are you in San Diego proper, or are you in... San Diego. For what? Name the events. I went for Brent's thing once. Brent. <laughs> when he lived down there. I went to Brent's go visit you thing. once. We went on vacation once, and I've been to the airport a couple of times. <laughs> You're counting your trips to the airport. I was in the city, and it was raining. <laughs> All right. That's fine. October, it'll be beautiful. That's and... what they say. Sure. It'll be raining. Uh, Yeah, I think that's all we had for this week, Corinne. I think that's all the nonsense I've got for today. Yeah. So but really, did, check out that other podcast. Yeah. What did we learn today? Don't listen to us. Listen to It Could Happen Here. Yeah. It was or, really good. Yeah, it, basically, any other podcast. And I'll tell you this. As someone who gets annoyed by like intellectual uh, podcasts that try to make you feel like an idiot, they don't do that to you. It's pretty easy to follow, no matter who you are and what you know about. You know. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Anywho. So, listen to us. Listen to this guy. Listen to the other guy. If you yeah. happen to like him better, we get it. Yeah. Write on our... Yeah, write a review on us saying, I wish you were better. Uh, or say, thanks for letting me know about that other well, podcast. Thanks for letting me know about a better podcast. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's Have a great week. summer. Do we'll, these summertime fun time activities. Yeah. Go take pictures of yourself filtering water at a lake or something. Put them on our Facebook. Yeah. Hashtag different type of filter. Something that's like that. That's a terrible hashtag. It's pretty good. Is it? could be worse hashtag no filter and just drink pure lake water and, get <laughs> and then another the next scene is got diarrhea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> perfect Anywho. all right see you guys